Welcome back to the Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. And instead of Adan, we have Kimberly. Hi. And this is our throwback review of Gun. Spoilers. Up Gone Maverick just came out Memorial Day weekend, and we thought, let's catch up on the original. It came out in 1986. Right now, streaming until May 31st on Netflix. So if you saw it there, good for you. If not, you missed out. The first time I seen this was in the movie theater, and I have not seen it in its entirety until. 36 years later on Netflix. I've seen it multiple times, but 20 years is probably the last. Yeah, I saw clips here and there. If it was on HBO or what have you, I would catch it there, but I would never catch it from beginning all the way to the end. I do remember some, but I don't remember everything. Watching again, I saw some things that really is a different per perspective as an adult. And say you were younger, kid, yeah. teenager. I mean, I was in I was in grade school when I saw. I started in high school. Freshman. Oh boy! So seeing it again after so long, what did you think? It was an interesting concept. It, the storyline still kind of held held together. You see a little. Obviously, you saw a little more cheesiness. Seeing it again, which. You didn't notice it back then but you know there were a lot of like one-liners it, and it brought back a lot of nostalgia a lot of memories especially back then when i mean tom cruise was a heartthrob obviously the storyline kind of holds true the action was wasn't as much as i thought it was back then well for me like the action back then i wasn't really impressed because mm -hmm. it's just Jets flying around. Yeah. And is that like was, physical action? Yeah, like hand to hand combat. It was none of that. It was no hand to hand combat. Uh, maybe a punch at all thrown. I mean, the most, the most was grabbing and physical was the volleyball scene. In that sense, I didn't really get it. Back then, I didn't really get it. I mean, I understand it was like a, a, a macho uh, guy flick. It was a great flick for the girls. Just like you said, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer. I mean, in, in, in regards to that, you have in this movie pretty much an all-star cast of up-and-comers. Yeah. You have the establishment of Tom Cruise. He's already an established actor. Tim Robbins. But Tim Robbins, small part, but he was coming up. You have mm -hmm. other actors that, uh, that escape my thought right now in the sense of up-and-comers. But mm -hmm. they were pretty much all on that training group of Top I'm Gun. Scared. I'm scared, but he was not a, he's not up and coming. He was established. Michael Ironside, those guys were established. And the other gentleman, the, the commanding officer on, on the missions on the submarine, or not the, the aircraft, not the submarine, the aircraft. Um, again, names are escaping my, by my apologies, they're escaping my mind. But again, the up and comers were all in that up gun class. The actor from Roxanne and some other films, Adrian Pascal, his show Heroes that came in. And went two years ago. Uh, the guy from Walker, Texas Ranger. 
he's here. He was also in Die Hard. So you have all these guys that you like. You see it again, like oh my god, like and he said, like Tim Robbins, he's at the end. He was in the beginning and the end. He was in the beginning too. Yeah, he was he was with um, the other guy who out and who basically said that he couldn't continue. Oh, got you. Okay, so he was yes, because he was. The, he was the partner that was number yeah. one until when the guy wigged out. Then Maverick and, Gro- and Goose, like Ryan too. Meg Ryan was in here oh, again. And the, and... Anthony Edwards, but he was—he's yeah. been around. He wasn't like up and coming. Did a lot of movies already. He was in Nerds mm-hmm. or Revenge of the Nerds. It was in the other one where. Well, if it wasn't spy. like up and coming, it kind of revived. Pretty an actor. He was pretty active. He didn't revive anything. Well, yeah, but he wasn't like he was like. Um, or he wasn't like doing a lot of movies to where he he was though not in the same trajectory as Tom Cruise right and and Tom Cruise it was the lead where Anthony Edwards was more he did some lead work but he was also more on the side or partner with him in, mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Nerds and uh, that the plot in my opinion is very basic it was is directed by Tony Scott yeah it's just a male junkie adrenaline driven very cliche in a lot of things overall i would say it's not a good movie the way it's presented and the way it's done and like the music score and like for me i didn't really feel for maverick when i felt more sorry for goose and his family when he went but i didn't really feel bad that you know maverick just lost his best friend on that training exercise Mm-hmm. And I was distracted by all the. But I'm just gonna say it right here. I know you might as well just bring it all out because this movie is full of homosexual overtones. Like you can taste it because you see it so much and it's thrown in your face. There's even guys saying, "Oh, I have a hard on," and it's like that because they're about to go on a training sequence or, or a mission. Very homoerotic. Uh, guys are sweating left and right just for standing still. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any scene when any uh, any one of them are dry, just sweaty nonstop. And like I said, and then the volleyball scene, guys shirtless, and those, well, of course, you know who's going to play volleyball, you know, fully clothed, well, but and volleyball too. Right. I understand that, but. It was just, I don't know, it just had that. And the thing about it is that I've noticed that I, what, what, no, what I noticed is back then, I would have never thought of, thought of that. And I guess because also because of the age and everything else, you know, we were young, realizing, you know, gender preferences and all that kind of stuff wasn't something that was, you know, forefront of my mind, especially watching the movie. So my thing was seeing it from a, a gaga, googly, you know, teenage girl looking at these know these guys with muscles and sweaty and all that thinking oh my gosh you know wow they're hunks so that's where i was seeing um and so the whole you know old gayness never entered my mind until you brought it until you brought it up and pointing it out and now when you when we rewatched it then yes i do see the underlying tones of like you said, like, oh, I've got a heart on. The other guy saying me too. And, and then it's just like, well, okay. I mean, it's, there... And it's just like, then it's piled on top of each other. And right. then you're thinking, okay, wow. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't 
recognize that. I didn't see that. But now as an adult, I look at it and, and what they're saying and, and what's going on. I mean, there's a whole couple scenes of them in a towel. Towels, like as if they're in that bathhouse. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting up and close. Well, it's, it's a it's a locker room scene. So, yeah, they're, right. they're going to be there in their now, towels. Now, Brad, you know, wearing this shirt, I mean, much because wearing a Batman shirt yeah, you know, with, the, with yeah, the rainbow and colors. And shoes, well, yeah, know? I know. It's probably contradicting. Showing it sweating and all oiled well, of up. Of course, and there's everything. no reason for me to be sweating. Like just like them, there was no reason for them to be sweating when they're, you know, getting awards or just chilling, talking to at a bar. The, Regardless, AC probably wasn't a big thing back then. I guess. I guess not. I guess nowhere. I mean, it was in the military. I guess they couldn't afford that. They could afford twenty million dollar fighter jets, but they couldn't afford a ten dollar fan. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a big supporter of the gay community, so. Please don't get it twisted. Yeah, but yeah. just seeing that in your face is like, wow. Maverick and Goose, they got recommended for Top Gun, which is a school where the 1%, the top 1% go and train. And then it's a class, like who is the top dog? And so you have that little high school rivalry with well, Maverick. Well, yeah, I understand, but it's very high school. You, know, you have Iceman who thinks he's the best, and you have Maverick who thinks he's the best, and that back and of, forth. Yeah, the bullying in the sense of like they make comments to each other. Well, which is understandable because they're trying to get into the other person's head, but it didn't feel so moving. It just felt like a, another high school movie where he's trying to be the, the best, like there's like two quarterbacks. Right, and he's trying to who's who's the better quarterback, and one is trying to become the top notch. You know, we have Maverick's character or Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, where he's driven because he has something to prove, not to himself, but more like of his father's lineage, because his father was a, a pilot, well known and respected pilot, and so he's trying to up to live up to that, but also make his own mark. Well, and he's also the kind of guy that always like presses the limits. He's not one of the kind of the Guys who will do it by the book kind of thing. Tries to go beyond and he tries to make a point to where it's almost at, at, at borderline detriment it's to risky. other individuals, it's to other risky. players. Yeah. And so, and that's his thing is that he always takes, takes a risk and he takes it because he thinks that that's going to give him the advantage. Before watching it, I was going through my memory and what I remember in a sense of, I know that Goose died through a mishap because of the canopy. He crashed into the canopy. But watching it again, you realize, obviously, it's not Maverick's fault, but Iceman. Yeah. Because Iceman was, there was the final training where, and there was two point. there were two points away. Iceman was just in the lead and Maverick was right behind. Iceman couldn't get a clear shot. He had to... He had to get out of the way so that way Maverick can get a shot because he had a well, better shot. Well, the thing is, is that he was too close. Couldn't use his, his missiles, so he was going to go to guns. But he was again too close, and it wasn't connected. But he's, he's like wasting time. I got give me thirty seconds. All right, mm -hmm. I, give me twenty more seconds. And in in a dogfight, you don't have that much time. But he was just wasting that time just for he can be number one. Where he was complaining that if Maverick was doing something like that, he'll rip him a new one because he was doing there trying to take the 
the spotlight off of Maverick and put on him for he can get the top position. And by doing that, when he didn't have it, because Maverick was a little further behind, had a better position, but Iceman Jet was blocking mm -hmm. the kill shot. And then when he took off at the last moment, it called like a, a, a I won't say a wind tunnel, I'm probably mis misinterpreting or mis wrong word, which caused Maverick and Goose to go into a tailspin. He couldn't get control. That's the thing that never got brought up. That is actually Iceman's fault for mm -hmm. Goose's death. Maverick gets to blame because he was the pilot, even though it was recorded. I mean, they're talking on the mic, so it should be recorded like what's going on. And they and every jet has a black box to also record uh, the, any mechanical areas or the audio that's if it's lost down to the uh, down to the tower. And also Maverick told Goose watch out for the canopy. That's the only thing I really saw. Was like, like Iceman couldn't take that. He was fault for the true death of Goose. Now, if you saw the movie, you know what scene I'm talking about. Because overacted that scene. Well, I think that's what kind of plays into the whole cheesiness is that there's there's a lot of overacting you don't really? you, you don't think oh yes i thought yes. i thought more from like val well yeah i mean he added to it but you know come on tom cruise in, in the bathroom scene right after goose dies and he's in the bathroom playing with the water in the sink you know kind of just stands you know standing there just playing with the water it's just like yeah, but it's just little things here and there with how he, well, how he... You know, the shot where after the graduation, they had a mission, which was actually a really good scene, I thought. That, and that scene was about almost 10 minutes long, where Tom or Maverick throws in the dog tags of... Uh, throws in Goose's dog tags in the ocean. That scene, he brought it up. Tony Scott was not happy. He gave, yes, the captain of the, of the ship check on the spot, $25,000. Just to turn around where he can get that shot. Quick Money shot. Time. There you go. So I counted six scenes, which is just about the, the flying. And the longest one, like I mentioned earlier, was the last one, which is where they're actually in combat. Because everything else prior to that, except for maybe, well, the first action scene was also was combat, but they didn't shoot the enemy. They let the enemy know that they're in their fire or oh, in their like crosshairs. Warning. Yes, and then the enemy flew away. There was, there was really no action until, or combat action in the last scene. And like I said, that was about almost just shy of 10 minutes. Overall action, about 23 minutes of action overall. I mean, if you want to count him driving his motorcycle as action, but it's not really, it's just that part. Is there a scene that you liked? Or is like kind of cool? The most memorable scene that I'll, that I'll never forget is obviously the volleyball scene. Because I didn't realize it was the fact that that volleyball scene, there was so much tension between Maverick and Iceman. But there was always like this this back and forth with them. And so what they decided to do is they decided to take a couple of matches of volleyball to kind of you know, set it straight. But that's the thing about the editing, because... We don't see that reason. We just see they're yeah. doing something, then it cuts right into volleyball. Yeah, but basically that's the reason for the whole volleyball scene. What? Because there was so much 
competition you mean team building. Yeah, because that's what because that's that's yeah, kind of that... plays into the new movie also. No, well, let's not go into that right now. This movie. Well, I know, but I'm just. But, this, I'm but just no, but to... the thing is, is like, okay, if you want to go back into Top Gun Maverick, that was for team building. This was not. The volleyball scene was not about team building because it's still. Yeah, but it, it's it's still working through those two the, or those four issues because there's there was always friction. Right, but so, but that that volleyball game then what makes it more if you're competing on trying to be number one on you know on Top Gun and then you're trying to get the beat the guys in volleyball that yeah. is still competing. There is no team building. I can see team building if say Goose was teaming up with Iceman and Roxanne was well, with Well, I know Maverick. I wasn't initially saying that it was team building. It was more like them working out their differences. And, so but that's what I read. That's That was the whole premise of that whole volleyball. The, the, the volleyball or the football? Volleyball. Okay, cool. Well, then it didn't come across. It just felt like it was just competition yeah, over yeah. competition over competition. Yeah, so, I didn't know that until I read it. Right. And that due to re editing, reading, reading it twenty years later, or how due to editing, later, you know? it shows that it, it failed. Even though, you know, visually it was a great scene because well, it was a fun scene, you yeah. know, in that aspect. But again, it's like it was it just was, it was just there. It, it was like, thrown. It was thrown in. It it really wasn't. I mean, the storyline really didn't need it. Yeah, that, that was. Yes, it was one of those where it, it, like we said in the beginning, it brought all of the you know the girls to where they can Google and goggle. Gog, brought it that. It's, it's, it was a, it's definitely be considered a throwaway scene. You don't yeah. you you can edit that out. For me, the the most exciting thing was the last battle because that's where the action was, and you saw that it was very dire. You can you can feel that there was intensity there is not like in schools like that that premise what you, you know you can practice 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 until you do you don't know that it works or not and it shows even though that Iceman was the top gun was actually maverick was the real guy because he was able to do what Iceman couldn't Iceman, i think believe got shot he had to pull out mm -hmm. um you know he only lost because of what happened to goose and then he was having the uh, shell shock. It's another word for, for for pilots, but shell shock. He couldn't, his rhythm, he couldn't, he wasn't back to his normal ways. And, and the thing is, that's the thing is, he like, there's rules. He followed the rules and, until he, he had to break them. That was his thing. Well, I think a lot of also, too, is the fact that his character is very, is, is, is very arrogant. I don't think it's arrogance, it's confidence. Where well, Ice, yeah. Iceman was he, more him is, yeah to him is confidence to everyone else like Iceman Iceman thought it was arrogant and he, he even was like that I can never trust you as my wingman but then right. once once they established their relationship and once you know everything happened and it end Iceman basically took that back and said you will, you can always be my wingman well, of course cuz he saved the day Africa was that yeah, one. Well, that he proved said. that he can be trusted, that he would never leave a man behind. Right. Now, Helen McGillis. Was she well, needed? But a love interest. Every movie, most every, majority well, of movies Every hero have has a love, love interest. interest. Right. But to me, it's like one of the biggest problems when we're watching it is that I didn't notice then, and I notice now, like the music was so 
damn loud and repetitive. That that Berlin song took my breath away. They're yeah, they kept they, that was their love song. I understand, or the couple song. But those, but those what make those songs songs popular at that time. No, I understand you know, that. Kenny Loggins. I understand that. But the thing is, is that it was so loud. Like they're talking and the music's playing, so you're trying to hear them talk because mm-hmm. they're overplaying that song. And speaking of Kenny Loggins, he was pretty much the whole soundtrack. But Danger Zone, a great workout song, a great pump you up song, is never used at all at any of the dog fights, any of the training montages, any of when it counts. Just in the beginning. It just and somewhere else and somewhere here and there. But it was like never in a sense when he's trying to take down another sh- uh, another plane or that he's in the hairs and what have you. It's like is it was never, and I totally I was like, what? Then why is this song like so good? Like there's plenty of scenes where it'd been perfect. One of my favorite songs still to this day to work out to get pumped, what have you. And I mean they had his one they had his other song playing with the boys. See playing with the boys, playing with the boys on the volleyball court. That other song that Kenny Loggins does. Playing with the boys. And then the, the who's like the commanding officer of the mission or the mission's commanding officer. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't know military titles, especially in the Navy, on the aircraft and he's smoking a cigar. I don't think that was ever allowed. I mean, every time they showed him, pretty much, he was smoking a cigar, smoking a cigar in his office, in the locker room, and- in, in, the, in the command room. And I was like, dude, I mean, granted, maybe maybe they did in 1986. And this is coming from a big... Yeah, but I would not do that. I would not smoke a freaking cigar in there. But back then, maybe that was the thing. I don't know. And again, another gay overtone, a guy having a big black stick in his mouth. I never thought of it that way. I mean, come on. And then he's shaved, bald-headed, in tight quarters... He was never outside. He was always in, inside something. Their ship. He was in a ship or the office. In, see, see where the gay overtones are happening here. I don't know if it was purpose or subconscious that you know Tony Scott did it this, did it like that. But hey, overall, in my opinion, this movie was very, very, very basic, and it goes quick. That's what saved it. It goes quick. You just it just goes boom, the boom. But you, I think you meet, you I meet. think at that time that's what kind of made it such it. I think more so it's not that as basic. I think it's because of the music. You have the the theme song for Top Gun, the musical score is iconic. It's very good. I remember playing the Top Gun video game and when you hear that instrumental go on, you get a little anxious, you get a little amped, you get a little excited. You think you're Maverick, or maybe you think you're Iceman. Yeah, I mean, when you hear that or, song, or that's Merlin, the first thing you yeah. always think of is right. the movie. And then you have Danger Zone, then you have Berlin's Take Your Breath Away. All those songs that became hits, you know, you, that's what happened because that was around the time where some movies and music or musical artists came together, which soundtrack was bigger than the movie, and they still hold true to today. But now, it's in a sense, it's gotten more back into composer musical score than say like it's songs in the 80s i was very popular in the 90s too became very popular and i remember buying the soundtrack 
I'll buy the soundtrack instead of the movie because I like the soundtrack more than I like yeah. the movie. The movie you were like, uh. Seeing it again after, for me, is actually 36 years since i seen it in its entirety. You said it was last about 20 years or so. Watching it again after seeing it as a little older, after seeing it from what I've put in your head <laughs> that you never saw before, is this a worth the watch, the money, or a waste of time? I'd say it's worth the watch. I mean, it it, it is a good storyline in a certain respect. You have Maverick trying to prove something to him, trying to you know, I mean we all we all have somewhat our demons that we have to deal with. That's kind of what he's been trying to, you know, become, you know, the top gun. But I, I wouldn't buy it or fair enough. For me, it's worth the watch. Sure. Why not? I mean I watched it before. Would I take some things out? Definitely. Uh, would I be able to do something different? Oh, yeah. Kelly McGillis. It was there, again, simply for tongue-in-cheek. Well, that's the volleyball game, tongue-in-cheek for that one. Her, they, they guess they needed a, they felt that he needed a love interest. I'm glad I was able to see it again, able to clean out some things or get reminded Oh, things I forgot in preparation for Up Gone Maverick. So there you go. So it's worth the watch. Watch. Worth the watch, but not worth. No, not the money. Not the money. All right. That's our throwback review of Top Gun. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I am Angel.